Your boss All tried right. to have me, uh, ha- tried to have me, uh, knocked, uh, knocked off, I think. Uh, he, uh, he said he was taking me to dinner and we ended up taking an Uber, like, to Jersey. I'm pretty sure he was going to kill me. <laughs> I had to jump in another Uber and, and leave them. Welcome back. Episode 159 of PHP Ugly. And uh, we've had a little bit of a hiatus, but we're back. Uh, I'm your host, Eric Van Johnson, and with me, as always, my loyal friend, Thomas Rideout. Hello! Thomas, it's been so long since we've spoken. Two weeks, man. It's killing me. I know. We have a very weird relationship, because we are actually friends, and we do, from time to time have conversations with one another but because we do the show we, we kind of like tiptoe around topics that we really want to discuss on the show so that you know it's a it's a real experience for everybody involved so things like what i did in Laracon, you know things that have happened over the last couple of weeks you and i really haven't had a spoke uh, an opportunity to speak about it Right, I get I get out of the loop on it, and everyone else in the in the uh, Slack chat is talking about it, and I have to shield my sensitive eyes. <laughs> so, um, obviously, last week, New York City Laracon 2019, uh, that was a focal point of mine. But before we get to that, uh, we've been away for a couple weeks. I think just mainly, it's just been a, like a sync up thing for you and I, right? It's there just wasn't a yeah. lot to talk about. Yeah, you know, I, teenagers cause that sort of standardized chaos that uh, it's just a low hum. But sometimes it uh, it kicks in like tinnitus and there's just nothing you can do to stop it. <laughs> I do remember. I do recall those days. Um, yeah, so I, I, I can't even think of any topics I had on the plate to talk about Laracon was just so mind blowing this year. Like I can't even think back before before my trip to New York. It just so many things hit me really hard this year at uh, at Laracon. So let's go ahead and jump into let's go ahead and jump into that. I guess first thing you well, weren't there. I wasn't there, which isn't. Completely surprising. You're you're not a a social creature by nature. No, I'm, um, a, I'm a bit of an indoorsman. Yeah, we've managed to we've managed to take you to a couple of uh, conferences. Uh, I think we took you. To, you know, we we met up at Laracon one year. But I have to say, I was disappointed when I saw the rest of your team there. Yeah, I was a little disappointed to find out that they were there too. <laughs> <laughs> did you not know they were going? I did not know. I did not know that they were going. Um, I've, I've committed myself to PHP World this year. I saw their track, and I just want to get in on that. And uh, the idea of New York for an agoraphobic person just did not it did not hold the appeal that that some may think it would hold. <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, what's really funny is well, so. Let's backtrack a little bit. First thing, everybody who came out and came up to me and said hello and said they'd listen to the show, you you really don't understand the impact you have on me. I mean, this 
I, I, I enjoy Thomas and I enjoy our conversations, but we could just as easily be having these conversations offline. We started we started podcasting it because we thought it'd be fun. And it turned it, it turned into a little bit of a grind, but you know we enjoyed doing it. But you know, there's yeah. definitely those moments where it's like, okay, I, I'm done. You know, I don't I don't need to do this anymore. But man, when people come up to you like that, and it's not only that they were coming up and telling me how appreciative they were for doing the show, about how appreciative they were to have uh, a fresh point of view on the Laravel ecosystem specifically. So this was a Laravel conference. I mean, we see we that's the thing that confuses me is that we would have fans at a Laravel conference. I wouldn't call them fans, but they would definitely be <laughs> listeners for sure. No. Very super nice. Um, I mean, I mean, every time I go to these things, I'm pretty sure I've met everybody who's listened who listens to the show. And I mean, just people just come up to me and say, "Hey, you know, hey, you know, I'm Andy from Louisville," which is actually somebody who I met, um, a guy named Andy from Louisville, who was it's just a weird last name, but I I dig it. Yeah, you know, each their own. He's from the Louisville clan. And uh, he was just so extremely friendly. I mean, and it's so weird being in our position where we're almost having conversations with them, but it's like a one-sided conversation. Like, they're they're listening to us talk, and we're not getting a response. So, you know, Andy comes up to me, and, you know, he's all in. You know, he, he's, like, having conversations with me. Like, we've been buddies for, you know, a year or two. I mean, he knows... He knows my position on things. He knows things we've spoken about. And I'm just, you know, I'm just meeting the guy and I'm just like, you're my best friend today. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there, there was a lot. So, and the reason I state that was because uh, I, I don't, I don't know when it happened. Um, so everybody who came up to me, everyone asked about you or John. Always you, occasionally John. Right? <laughs> and, and it was always like, you know, hey, you know, I was really hoping to see all you guys here together. And I'm like, yeah, you know, we don't, we, you know, we rarely are ever all at the same conference at the same time. Yeah, it's like every couple of years, maybe. Right. But at some point, I, I don't know if I tweeted it, or I don't know if I had said it to the person asking asking me about you. I said, yeah, I'm surprised his boss is here. I was, I didn't know his, his boss and his team were coming. He goes, and, and immediately you could see them connect the dots. You're like, wait, porn people are here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, if you listen to the show, you know that part about Thomas, don't you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so that, that was entertaining. <laughs> But, uh, the iris is slowly getting larger. <laughs> oh. oh man, just I met so many new faces. Um, uh, you know, Jess from Australia. Uh, I mean, just across the board. I, 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 I'm obviously horrible, horrible with names. But I also um, got an opportunity to uh, to meet up with people who. Again, I, I've been having that like Twitter relationship with, or maybe they're in our Discord, or I talked to them on Telegram, and I've actually met like like Jonathan Wheat 
is an example, right? I meant Jonathan Wheat at previous Lyricons, but it's really been a very passing sort of, uh, you know, hey, I know you from Twitter. Oh, yeah, I, I know you from Twitter and sort of thing. And he, he said this year, he's like, Eric, you and I are drinking a scotch together. And I'm like, you don't have to ask me twice, man. You you want to do some scotch? We'll do some scotch. Almost she, twisted your arm right off. <laughs> a man was true to his word. I mean, we had a, there was a night out, and we're all at a bowling alley, and he finds me in the crowd. He goes, we got to drink some scotch. I'm like, I cannot argue with that statement. So uh, I got I finally got to drink scotch with uh, Jonathan Wheat. And um, <clears throat> my kids, of all people, had their minds blown. So we're we're in New York. I'm there for the conference. My wife is there with me. My two daughters, my 21-year-old daughters, flew out. Um, so the days of the conference, they, they flew out the, the day before, so like Tuesday. So while I'm at the conference, them and their mother, you know, my wife, you know, they're, they're who happen to be the same person, <laughs> they're, they're exploring New York. You know, they're going to spas and they're, all that anyways i come home from one of the days that from the conference and my daughters come running up to me and they're like dad somebody tweeted they met you and i'm like what (laughs) like somebody on twitter tweeted out that they met you today now i don't know if this is the first time it's happened i like i i feel like this has happened before yeah that's happened plenty of times before but this is the first time they saw it. So, so Nino, I, th- I, th- I think that's how you pronounce his, his name. I'm, I'm actually not sure. You would know him if you went to his Twitter handle. He, he's the, if he's not the creator, he's one of the creators of Laravel Zero, the, uh, the trimmed down micro framework for command line programs. Um, so he just tweeted something out. Hey, I got to meet Shokum at uh, Laricon, and my kids just thought that was, like, <laughs> mind-blowing that somebody did that. I was like, yeah, you know, it happens. It happens from time to time. Yeah, you know, uh, bought me a drink. I got a while. <laughs> but then, I, then you know, I got, to, I got to catch up with, you know, all my regular um, I meet once a year type people, Eric Burns, you know, him and I, we have this, we have this ongoing thing where we take a picture every year um actually tj miller and his wife were there and i i i typically like to go out of my way and spend some time with tj he's one of my favorite people in the laravel community but it just didn't just didn't happen much uh this year there's just dude there's just so many people i mean so about the conference in general i could be nitpicky and say that you know there are a few things but in general, across the board, very solid conference. Um, Did you see more... the giant billboard sign, the giant LED Laracon sign in Times Square? Well, it's kind of hard not to see it because you have to walk under it to uh, <laughs> to go into the oh, theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's right there. I mean, it, it's like the the PlayStation Theater is right there on the corner of Times Square. It's it's yeah, it's just right there. Matter of fact, I found out. The last night I was there, uh, I had gone. We'd gone down to Times Square. My daughter and I had gone down to Times Square, and 
I found out that there was a there was a subway stop right next to the PlayStation Theater, and I had taken another stop that was like three blocks up because I thought that was the closest one. I'm like, son of a bitch! I've been walking three blocks every morning for no reason. God. But um, I tell you what, man, the logistics the logistics around this conference has got to start to become a nightmare for Taylor. Nine hundred people. Now the the Oof. auditorium itself was very nice. Uh, which conference did, did you? Oh, you went to Louisville, right? You didn't even go to the yeah. New York one, right? Yeah, we were at Louisville, the one with the small seats. Mm. Well, the last time it was in New York, it was in another theater, and the seats were awful. Uh, for myself, for my uh, friends from Canada, from Lair Chat, uh, Sean, and you know, it's we we were just very very uncomfortable. But this year, it was very nice. Very roomy seats. I mean, 900 people in the auditorium was not an issue. Uh, it, the sound quality was great. The, 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 the displays were, were fantastic. So that was good. It's the 900 people in the waiting room or in the little lobby area trying to get out or trying to get drinks or trying to do anything else yeah. was awful it was so so bad and it's just a logistical thing it's like he it's it's getting to that point where it's like you're going to start to have to have these conferences at a freaking convention center like something that's meant to handle the flow of this this amount of people because these these theaters they're just not designed the 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 ingress is there you know everybody kind of shows up at different times and everybody goes in and and grabs a seat but like between talks like the breaks for lunch the you know the bathroom breaks and all that it's just this it's just a nightmare it's just like 900 people now are you know out of the auditorium and into the uh surrounding areas that aren't designed to hold 900 people right Wi-Fi was fine. Uh, no issues there. Uh, the workspaces were, was one of the nitpicky kind of issues. Um, not, not only the workspaces, but just seating in general. Like outside the, the auditorium, there was really nowhere to sit. Uh, there was a couple bars you could lean up against, but there was there was nowhere to sit. And like for me, you know, I can't. I I, I don't have. What are we talking about? Sixteen hours, two two full days. I I I can't sit in an auditorium for sixteen hours and watch talks without having to address business, right? I, I always I always have to address business to some degree, no matter how much I try to prepare for it. Uh, this year, I was actually really good. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think I only missed one talk. I might have missed two talks, but. Um, but in that time, there's like nowhere to sit down to to work. There's nowhere to sit down to take a call. Uh, I had to. I, it was it was unpleasant where I had to stand and because I wanted to be away from the auditorium when I'm because I I did have to take a phone call, so I wanted to take myself away from the auditorium because I have a little bit of a voice. Matter of fact, uh, this year. <laughs> I think somebody actually tweeted it. It might have been Nemo, or he might have actually been the one that tweeted is that. Yeah, that's actually how Shokum sounds. It's like I I talk to Shokum, but he actually sounds that way. I'm like, what does that mean? But even even Andy from even Andy from Louisville, he's like, 
you know, I, I never watched the stream, but I heard you talking. I knew it was you. I'm like, okay, I, I'm good with that. I, I, I don't have a problem with it. I'm just curious what it means. Nothing, but, nothing at all. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, I'd like to take myself away. So I, I missed one or two talks. Um, uh, but besides that, I mean, there's not much of a vendor area. There never is at Lyricon. I mean, there are a couple of vendors there, but... I couldn't tell you who they were. I think PHP Storm was one of them. Bug, Bug Stang, or Paper Trail might have been one. I don't know. I don't I don't know who the vendors were there, to be honest. And that's a horrible... As a conference organi- organizer, yeah, that's that a is. horrible thing to, to admit because, yeah, that's one of your main revenue streams. Um, but uh, the conference itself, they did a couple things... Or they, they did one thing different this year. Um, so I'm on the fence about the single track. I used to love it back in Louisville when it was a much smaller conference. Uh, I love the single track. Uh, this 900 people sitting in an auditorium where, I mean, there's not a lot of screaming. There's not a lot of, uh, any of that going on. So there's not, I mean, it's not that it's just the single track with 900 people. I find it hard to believe that 900 people are interested in all the same talks. Um, now, they did. This has to be the the most Laravel heavy Laracon I've been to. Like the first days, I think maybe one or two talks were not Laravel focused. The second day might have been about the same, maybe two, maybe three talks. But there was so much Laravel focus. Um, uh, presentation going on I was actually very happy to see that because that was one of my criticisms is like you know I I, I don't I couldn't even think of a Laravel talk I'd seen in, you know at, at like a previous one so this one was very Laravel focused they had 30 minute talks so again this is one of those format changes where myself being a more advanced Laravel developer and somebody who's been in the ecosystem for a very long time really appreciated the 30-minute talks. People got on stage, they dove headfirst into the deep end, talking about the stuff they were talking about. And again, as a seasoned Laravel developer who's been doing it for a while, I appreciated that. There were a couple talks. I wish they had either formatted it differently and not try to say so much, or yeah. So Freck Freck was one of the talks. He he gives a talk at like every Laracon, and basically his talk was how he does things differently. So he he's he has some unconventional ways of coding in Laravel. So for example, he doesn't extend the base controller. For example, he'll just create a controller, not extend the base controller because the base controller just has some traits that it uses that it injects. So he says, if I need these traits, I inject these traits. But he, he's he's going through all these things that he kind of does differently, and like he's not explaining why because he doesn't really have time to explain why. He's just kind of touching on, oh yeah, I do this, and for models I do that, and this and that. And I'm kind of sitting there, I'm like, okay, well. But why? Like, is it a performance thing? It's, it's a, you know, why, why are you doing that? And, you know, it's like, there were, there were certain times like that where I'm like, okay, this, this short format seems 
a little rushed. But other times where it was just like, I, again, I, I feel like I, I say this every year now. I, I say it every time I see the guy speak. J-Mac gives some of the best talks. Uh, J-Mac was there. He's the guy who does, uh, he's best known for Laravel Shift. And he kind of did a similar talk that he did last year, which he kind of breaks down the analytics that he gets from doing shift and says, okay, you know, this is what I'm seeing in the, in the wild. You know, people are doing this and they should be doing that. Well, he did that talk again this year with updated me metrics and all that. And uh, in this new 30-minute format, and it was just fantastic. It's like, all right, you guys are doing this. But you know there, there are these there are these helpers out there that you could be using. So you don't have to do it this way. You can do it this way. And his insight into real world deployed Laravel applications that are in some stage of a life cycle that are that's being maintained is just so valuable. I mean, especially to me as a business owner who's trying to to maintain different Laravel deployments throughout you know sitting down and, and just listening to jmac talk i'm just like oh man that's yeah we're doing that yeah you're right we shouldn't shouldn't be doing that that is you know one of the mistakes that we, we fall into that's one of the traps that that we we do so i i just i love his talks uh jmac is fantastic um i'm gonna have to get the videos is there are there videos I believe there's going to be videos again this year, yeah. Oh, that's that's awesome. So, so there's that. Uh, got to hang out with my friends from Canada. Like I said, uh, Sean and Matt. Um, the three of us, this this is kind of our time to get together every year. Well, we stay we stay friends, you know, throughout the year. And we, we, we still talk in the Lair Chat uh, Slack channel. Um, we're, we're pretty close. I, I've gone up to Vancouver before, um, to visit with Sean. Sean came down for wave PHP, uh, Matt and I, you know, we're, we're doing business together. Matt's the one that created mission control. Diego dev, you know, inherited mission control from him. And, you know, we're trying to make it a product and Matt is still involved in that project. Um, so he, you know, he, he has a, he will have a financial interest as, you know, if, when we get the relaunch kind of done with it. But so we're, we're really tight. And it's so weird because we've gotten so busy. Matt is newly married. He brought his wife. Uh, I brought my wife, my kids. Uh, Sean was there with uh, people he worked with. So it was like, we found ourselves really struggling to get together in, you know, spend some personal time together, like go out, go out to dinner or something. And the last day we were there, like the day we're all catching, well, myself and Sean were catching flights out. Matt stayed a few extra days. We literally spent like 15, 20 minutes in Central Park, all of us, my wife, kids, Sean, uh, Matt, his wife, uh, Cassandra, who's a fantastic person, literally spent like 15, no more than 20 minutes in Central Park together. And it, it was like the best 15, 20 minutes of the entire trip. We just, we finally, we finally all got together. We're just standing in Central Park laughing, talking about stuff, taking inappropriate pictures of each other. Uh, it, it was, it was awesome. So, so yeah, that was good. And then we had, of course, a lot of really 
earth-shattering, I think, announcements at Laricon this year. Um, yeah, I was, I was going to say, there's been some, uh, some pretty amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd like to think we, we had a little bit of a hand in one of my favorite things this year. Again, the number of people who came up to me after Taylor confirmed that starting with Laravel 6, he was going to start following Simver. The number of people who came up to me who knew this was a big point of contention between us on the show and trying to use the Laravel framework was Mm -hmm. amazing. They're like, how happy are you? I'm like, pretty ecstatic. And this is, I mean, I know you're, I know you're, you're happy about vapor as well. I I don't care about vapor so much, but uh, yeah, PHP or Laravel six going to Semver is a big deal. We've talked about it nonstop the last few episodes and yeah, I mean, this is the biggest step towards what I would say the enterprise component has been missing. <laughs> Just bad. stick that out there. You're as bad as Michael Dorinda. Did, did you happen to catch Michael Dorinda pull me into a, a one-on-one podcast uh, with him? And uh, I did not. Oh, you didn't see this? Oh, I will... Uh, I'll, I'll hunt it down and, and add it to the show notes. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I ran in to, to Michael, he, he, he came out for, for Laricon and, and he said, Hey, you know, we got to get together. I, I really have some questions. Uh, now that Simver has been announced, you know, what your thoughts are on that. So he called, he calls me up. He, he got laid over in LA. Man, he had a horror. I felt so bad for the guy. He, Cause he's, I saw that. Oh Ooh. my God. He wasn't the only one. So many people, even Matt trying to get back to Canada. So many people ran into so many delays. Oh, we had a developer, Marcus coming out from San Diego to New York. His, his flight out to New York got canceled and he had to reschedule for the next day. But uh, Michael, uh, Michael won, won the trophy of, of you know most headache getting home, and he got a layover in L.A. for like a day or two, and so he calls me up on Skype and uh, he's like, "Hey, you, you got some time to talk?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." So he calls me up on Skype, and it turns out he you know he he streams the whole thing, and uh, he, he pulls out the uh, the Enterprise card on me. So <laughs> it was cool because I you know I got to, we got to talk through what those components are. And yes, Simver definitely was one of them. Um, but, but that was the question. Like the, the, one of the questions people were coming to me is why do you, why did you feel Simver was important? And I was like, well, did you not feel like it was important? They're like, no, not really. I'm like, then why do you care? <laughs> it's, it's like for the people it is important to, it is important to, for a reason. If it's not important to you, then it shouldn't matter. And I understood, and I think, you know, it, it's one of the things Michael Dorinda echoed a little bit was the kind of the philosophy behind the numbering system for, for Taylor was, was just more than just the Simver approach. It was like, it was a very different framework. Like three, Laravel 3 was a very different framework from Laravel 4. And Laravel 4, a very different framework from Laravel 5. And those milestones uh, signified 
something to Taylor. And that's kind of what we, he was holding on to. And I think my point was, I think Simver will echo that again once he starts using it correctly. Um, so yeah, the thing is, starting with six, he'll he's going to start using Simver. So it, it's very possible you could see Laravel six, and six months later, six months later, Laravel seven. That's absolutely that's a reality. Yeah, that's a reality. But, you know, again, maybe not. Maybe, you know, maybe Taylor will say, well, let's hold off on a couple of these features and build them up and, you know, do more of a symphony sort of release where it's like, okay, you know, a major revision will happen once a year. I'm not going to, I'm not going to push. Who knows? It doesn't really matter. As long as he follows Simver, I'm going to be happy. Um, So, yeah, that was... And, 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 again, how many people knew that was a big deal to me was just fascinating to me. <laughs> but, yes, it, that was that was just, that that was worth the conference to me just to hear. And people are like, oh, you must feel, you know, like you, you really, you know, vindicated. And I'm like, I don't know, vindicated is a strong word, but yes. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. It's a strong word, and it's the correct word. <laughs> Um, so yeah, you mentioned, um, vapor, uh, and again, another topic, everybody knew, every, well, not everybody, a lot of people who came up to me knew how much work I had been doing with serverless deployments, specifically around Laravel serverless deployments. Um, and so the, so when Taylor, uh, brought up vapor, I forgot I have Vapor up here. Let me, let's actually start sharing some screens here. Jeez, oh, flip. Let me see. Okay. So when uh, Taylor brought up Vapor, and Vapor is just like a orchestration service for serverless application deployment on AWS. So it's very specific. It's very niche. Um, for me, it fits into my wheelhouse absolutely perfectly. I could not have been happier with this if I had paid Taylor to develop it for me myself. I mean, he checks all the boxes. Um, So I keep feeling like I have to say this. We haven't seen this in the real world yet. I haven't actually used it yet. Um, I'm hoping to get, uh, you know, I'm hoping to get bumped up the list to get out there and, and get using it. But if this thing delivers on just a portion of the stuff that Taylor thinks he has it configured to do, it's going to be fantastic. Um, now, and there was an interesting note about this today, too, is that there was an earlier project that he had started working on called Cloud? For, uh, Forge Cloud or, or something like that, right? He called it Laravel Cloud, and he was attempting to build a Forge Pro. Um, and eventually that's what Vapor became, uh, but he finished the entire backend for Laravel Cloud and then released it on, uh, GitHub today. Right, he released it today. Uh, matter of fact, do you have that link handy? Or do you, do you have it in Trello? It's the big, ugly blob of text in Trello. Okay, let me go. I'm I'm just sharing the browser at this point, so we're going to pop over here. Uh, right here, and let's jump. Oh, that's the that's the tweet. Have you looked at this repo yet? 
No, you know, I'm not really sure what I would look at. Well, it's interesting. Uh, this doesn't have a. This doesn't have the link, brother. Oh, there it is. So it's very interesting uh, to see his coding style. Um, you know, we all kind of have our own coding styles. This is what caught me because this drives me nuts. The models. Um, it's not only models. Look at look at everything he puts in slash app. Like look at this. Like some of these are models. Oh, so, God. Some of them are. Uh, not. I mean, what is wrong with this person? Why? Obviously, obviously, we know why he took away the models folder. But uh, yeah, this this was crazy but to see. He could get rid of all the folders with this style. <laughs> I don't understand why there are folders. He he is such a organized person. Like if you if you ever look at his comments, you know his comments are notorious for how organized they are. His documentation is so clean. I don't understand this mindset right here. Like why are you doing this? But um, but yeah, I, I've already I forked this uh, repo because I'm I mean if nothing else, I'm going to look at. How he approaches how he approaches things and how he tackles problems and I mean, it's it's very can interesting. Can you tell from this? Sure, sure. You can see. You can definitely see. There's how a he's trait doing. in there. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and, and he's he's uh, he's actually he's actually doing a find or fail right here in the controller. Um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this. It's uh, you know, it's educational. Uh, it's cool to see. I don't know how functional this is. So he did release this as open source. Um, I don't. He said the full back end is functional. Yeah. There's no front end. No front end. Okay. And and looking at the controllers, it looks like he built it via API first. Oh yeah, yeah. You can see that. As a matter of fact, I don't think he has any controllers. Um. Let me just he has all that. the controllers for the API, so I believe that if yeah. you wanted to, yeah, that's if you wanted it. to write a controller that handled that or write views for it, but there's no views. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is cool, man. I mean, everybody should take this opportunity to look at how he puts together because it, I mean, this was a product to him. This is something that he was looking to make money on. Um, so if you're curious about how he puts together his products, this this is a good little sneak peek into into the mind of uh, Taylor. Um, so yeah, that's cool. But but again, that's not vapor. Vapor is oh my god, so much more special, and I cannot. Well, yeah, and wait. he said vapor vapor is twice the size of of cloud. Vapor is one of those one of the services that, like, they're, they're, he's doing things in it where I'm like, how? But how? But but how are you doing that? Because he, you like he he says he's doing a point in time restore of databases, which I know how to do uh, database backups in in AWS, but a point in time restore, I don't I don't know. I am excited. I, 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 him and I had a little bit of a sidebar um, on, you know, during the conference, and yeah, I told him, I'm like, hey man, if you need me to write you a check today, I will write you a check today. Just get me into Vapor, and he's like, ah, 
He's like, I can't. He's like, don't, you know, I can't get you in today, but, you know, I'll let you know when we're getting closer and see where you're at on the list. He um, said, uh, what's the name, Eric Van uh, Johnson? Yeah, you can go fuck yourself. Yeah, I appreciate it. In the back of his head, he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to get you right in there, buddy. Yeah, right in there. But, um, so one of the challenges for, for anybody that's listening, uh, one of the challenges that him and I were talking through was um, deploying existing applications to Vapor. So Vapor is really good for a Greenfield app that you're just deploying. But if you have an existing application, there are some challenges involved. And they're not challenges that can't be overcome. I mean, trust me, if he can code this, we, you, we can figure out a way to overcome migration issues between a, a deployed existing Laravel app and, and migrating it into Vapor. Uh, the database, is, for example, isn't, isn't even the issue. The, the biggest issue are the assets and how assets are, are handled in a serverless environment. So anything that you store locally needs to become an asset on S3. It, it's got to learn how to map it correctly. So that that is really the crutch of, of the problem with migrating from a server to serverless with an existing Laravel app. And again, I think it's something that Either somebody will write a package for, or it'll be figured out here, you know, probably like a month or two after people start getting into Vapor, because that's going to be a real use case that people are going to want to do. So I, I, I think it'll be figured out. I'm hoping to figure it out. I'm, I'm going to, I have a couple applications that we're going to deploy fresh, but then I think I will try to, to see what it takes to migrate an existing app over and and um, maybe uh, help and people out. that'll be important out. because I, I know that my team is looking at this now, too. It's so interesting. we'll want to hear where you guys land had, on this. I had a long talk with your boss, too, about this. Your boss no. tried to have me, uh, ha- tried to have me uh, knocked, uh, knocked off, I think. Uh, he, uh, he said he was taking me to dinner and we ended up taking an Uber like to Jersey. I'm pretty sure he was going to kill me. <laughs> I had to jump in another Uber and, and leave them. I was uh, I was getting a little concerned, but well, Jersey's got the best strip clubs. <laughs> we well, had, the best value proposition. We had a we had a, a long conversation your, your boss and I about some of the stuff, um, but that wasn't even it. So so we talk about Simver. Uh, we talk about vapor, right? I mean, these are two massive, massively re, you know, released new things. Did you hear, I, I, I call this, not the underdog. That's that's a terrible thing to call it. Um, matter of fact, I should actually pull it up here. Uh, did you hear about Laravel Livewire? Did you hear about this? No, nothing. Oh my goodness. Okay. So this was uh this was given the this talk was given by the creator. Uh what is his name? Because everybody loves this guy in the Laravel community and I always forget his name. Uh his name is Caleb. Caleb. Everybody loves Caleb in the Laravel community. Caleb, you are very loved in the Laravel community. Caleb created the Livewire framework 
that is a package that you install into Laravel. And I was trying to explain this to John, and I struggled. And, I, and I'm worried I'm going to struggle uh, with you as well. Um, but think of it as adding JavaScript uh, dynamic content to your website without coding JavaScript. So, so basically, it's JavaScript under the hood, but you as the developer, you don't have to worry about any of that. Um, specifically, you as a Laravel developer, you don't have to worry about any of that. Uh, all you end up doing is you create, um, as I, I've got the website here for those listening to the podcast, so I, I'll try to remember that we have people not watching, but... Uh, all you do is you create these live wire components that have the logic of what you want done in them. And then you create these live wire views to interact with that logic. And it does, LiveWire has the bindings for all this. And that's it. You're done. You don't write a, you don't write a line of JavaScript and you have dynamically produced code in your in your application um but if, let me see if i can i actually i actually have this uh this uh, i don't want to take the time to bring it up here live but uh, I, ra I ran through all his tutorials and i actually started working out some interesting uh use cases for myself but this this is a big deal so this is if you don't want to add view to your application, for example. Like maybe you don't have a lot of need for JavaScript, but you do have a couple of small components, a couple of places where you want some dynamic kind of feel to it. This is perfect for that. And um, it, is, it is just very... Very cool. This was announced at Laracon this year. I I've been listening to him on a podcast talk about the development of this, and I'm like, wow, if he if he does this, this will this will be pretty slick. And it's interesting because in his so this is not doing DOM injection um, as you would expect, like what Vue does. It's not doing DOM manipulation. Um, it it is actually replacing chunks of HTML code on the page, but you don't you're not having to refresh the page or anything. This is just happening. And the example that he he showed on this is he's like actually you know GitHub does this today, and he was running through the GitHub page and he was showing where as you're clicking on things, GitHub is not manipulating the DOM. It's just injecting it's just injecting HTML. I'm like what what's what's that's a thing. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know you could do that. And so that's that's what a lot of this live wire is built around. It's not DOM manipulation, and it's just like this is this is awesome. So for me, I enjoyed I enjoy Vue, but I still struggle getting my head around it. And I don't code in Vue every day. So when I need to go to something like Vue for like one little component, like oh yeah, you know we just want to. You know, keep track of account, for example. Like, let's just say you want to know, you know, the count of 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 cars in your database. Okay, you 
in view, you know, you have to get view installed and blah blah blah, and, and you know, get the you know binding together and. Not that it's extremely hard, but if you're not doing it every day, you know, you can stumble around. With this, you write a controller that gets you a, a count of, you know, all your your car's model. And then you write a live wire component for your view to display it. And then you write a little refresh that so refreshes every two minutes. And you're done. That's it. You're finished. I love live wire. And uh, Caleb... I uh, I may owe you dinner uh, next year at Laricon if I if I end up using this um, because this looks like it's going to be a massive time saver for me and for a lot of people out there who just you know who don't don't necessarily love coding with JavaScript but um, yeah LiveWire man check check LiveWire out Thomas and uh, do the I'm documentation. Have to check out some of these videos. Yeah, LiveWire was fantastic. Um, that was the other one that just like just blew me away. It's like I saw I saw this. I'm like, I got to get my hands on this right, right now. Unfortunately, he released it there at Laricon. So uh, this is exciting. LiveWire is very exciting to me. Vapor is super exciting to me. Uh, Simver is just mind blowing exciting to me. I was very happy. So you want to hear something weird? Um, I'd love to. Like I said, the most uh, Laravel talks I saw at a Laravel conference, I think I missed one or two talks while I was taking care of business. Unless it happened in, in those one or two talks, I I don't think they talked about what's coming in Laravel 6. Like, there was so much excitement around all these other things, and Laravel 6 is the next release of Laravel now. That that got announced, because that's where Simver's coming from. I don't think... I think he, that's the big thing. What's that? I think that Simver is the big thing for Laravel 6. Yeah, but it's I mean, there's, there's always new, like, there's always new stuff, right? I mean, there's it's never yeah, it's never just that. Be. Yeah. So I I don't know if they talked about it. They they may have talked about it, to be completely honest with you. I, I could have I could have just missed it. Uh it might have been one of those times that was um I was out having uh having to take care of other business, but but I couldn't tell you what's coming in Laravel 6. And I don't, you know, I don't know if I care anymore. Because I, ha- I have well, I have the pieces in place that I, I need, so <laughs> he can add what he, uh, whatever he wants to Laravel 6. Now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I just uh, I just ran a shift for Laravel 5.7 to 5.8. And let me tell you, that's a pleasant experience. Are you being sarcastic uh, or was... are you being serious? I can't tell. Yeah, it's, no, that really was very pleasant. Um I ran the Docker version. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't use GitHub for our projects, so I got the Docker Laravel shift. Um, your, your boss was actually, I put him together with JMac at the conference to talk about that, and that was one well, of his concerns. That's awesome. So we got that going. Um, it probably took me three hours total to to do the shift and then validate and then make the recommended changes mm-hmm. and boom, that was it. That's um, awesome. Yeah, that was really nice. Uh, we've done it on two of our, our 
monolith projects now, so uh, it's handy. That's got to feel good too, right? Because I mean, you have it been a couple of versions behind on, on on those things. I believe we were only one version behind. Oh, that's not bad. Um, yeah, it wasn't too bad, but it was nice to not have to scour the docks eight times to make sure I didn't miss anything. It was nice to have right. it, you know auto docked for me because it it generates an MD file that says here's the things that I may have or definitely missed. And here's how you check for them and update to the latest stuff. And it had links directly to the the files that had changed and what the new contents of them were. And it was, it was very handy. That's JMac. That's that's yeah. uh, JMac man. That guy. That guy is a smart cookie. I tell you. Um, I did have one issue with it, and uh, I sent him an email saying, "Like, hey, I'm having this issue." And he responded within, I would say, three minutes. <laughs> it was a little ridiculous. I was hoping to like have a long lunch, but he <laughs> instantly got back to me. Yeah, he's a, he's a smart character, man. I, I enjoy. It. I mean, I just enjoy talking to that guy. He's he's just, he's so full of information and insight, and especially when you. It just in development in general, but then then you start drilling down to to Laravel stuff, and it's it's just crazy what he's uh, what he knows. I mean, he'd be the one to know it. He's the one who writes the Laravel shift stuff. So yeah, yep. Oh um, man, I got I got another thing. An update. A long time update coming. I I am no longer using Synergy. No. Your your uh, battle with Synergy is over. Yes, and Synergy has lost. <laughs> uh, when I upgraded my machine to Windows, I noticed that the client, the Synergy client running on my Linux machine, mm -hmm. would just lock. It would stop responding to mouse and keyboard input for ten, fifteen, twenty seconds. Um, I ran some tests to show that the system was still running fine. Uh, maybe it had a little bit higher load than normal, but Synergy was just dead in the water. Mm -hmm. um, looking it up, looking it up, looking it up, couldn't find anything that had resolved the problem for anybody except for switching to Barrier, which is the fork of the original open source client. Oh, interesting. I, I was not aware of what that was called. Yeah, so there's a, a, a team that is now running the Barrier group, they are still operating as an open source team. They are still maintaining uh, the code base, and it works better than Synergy does, even do you, the most updated version. Do you have a URL? Uh, let me pull one up. And actually, my uh, my Firefox looks like it is taking a absolute crash on me. So oh. this is uh, the the team is. Debauchy and let me see if I can get Firefox uh, back online with me here. And yeah, they're doing a fantastic job. Uh, it actually works, <laughs> and they're they're actually 
updating it, it appears to be updating it more frequently than the Synergy team, which is getting paid to update it, is <laughs> updating it. Interesting. Uh, Firefox, most... you are disappointing me, Firefox. I am trying to switch over to you, but when I can't get you... Oh, this is so simple. Why are you not opening? Now, one thing is that it is on Flathub. What does and that my mean? Experience. Flathub is a flat pack builder cross platform. Oh. I did not enjoy the experience. Really? Mm-hmm. But once I got it working, it works. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, Firefox has just completely decided to stop working for me, which is very disappointing. Uh, Let's see if I can't switch over to Chrome real fast. Did you see uh, the new toy I have? No. Oh, did you not see my tweet? Brother? I get hundreds a day. How can I keep up? I I told you I was probably going to do this. And you told me, don't, I'm an idiot. And I, I refuse to Sounds listen like to me. you. Yeah, I refuse to listen to you, so I didn't. I got an external GPU for my uh, my MacBook. Oh, yes. Yeah, so, uh, so that, this is only day two. And this has been like the first real test I've, uh, I've been running with it. So typically... I didn't typically before the show. I sh- I reboot my laptop. I shut down all my external processes, um, and then I try to host host it. Uh, and that that's a recent change. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Where before I, I was running OBS on my laptop, and I actually did did my show and everything from. Uh, from the trash can Mac, but I've I've recently have let go of the trash can Mac. I I have it in a closet here at the office, uh, where I'm still accessing it through a remote desktop, but I don't use it anymore. So for the for the last two or three shows that we recorded, I was doing everything off the la- the laptop, and it performed okay. Um, it didn't perform fantastically. Um, this is my H top running right now. Um, I got a pretty a pretty hunky hunky uh, laptop, but but typically I, I would close down all my applications and do a fresh reboot. Or, well, I'll do a fresh reboot, close down all the app, applications I'm not using, and just open up stuff specifically for the show. And uh, yeah. today that habit I, we got into. Yeah, today I did not do that. Uh, today I just. I just let it run. Um, so this is the this is the second or second or third day I've had the external GPU. I, I have noticed a significant difference from running it um, just day to day. Like I don't have any it, it my it, I don't have any issues with it when I'm running it during the day. Whereas typically I would have freeze issues at least once a day. Something would hang or I would have to reboot my laptop. I hate this. This is why I stopped using the freaking Mac laptops. They drive me fucking crazy. And I've, I've been using the, the uh, trash can Mac because it seems to handle my workload better. But, you know, I've been wanting to get back to just 
just using the laptop and um, the external GPU I've been hearing a lot of people talk about, so I I went ahead and invested in one, and it is doing very well. I am very happy with its performance so far. So yeah, I got you, a new toy. What did you get? I got an RTL SDR. What is an RTL SDR? So SDR is a software-defined radio. Oh, interesting. And RTL is the chipset that's used in one of the more common, inexpensive RTL SDR SDR receivers. Uh, And this thing is so fun. I mean, if you want to act like a hacker and show off to your friends, this thing is a... A just the most adorable little gadget. Um, <clears throat> it maps out a broad range of radio signals in real time mm-hmm. as, you know, peaks and valleys and all that stuff. And you can tune in to any signal in a uh, very wide spectrum. Um, I mean, the, let's see, the, the one that I have is 500 kilohertz to 1700 gigahertz. Um, so what all can you listen into with that? Uh, so the software out there for it tells you a lot of what you're listening to, but uh, I can go anywhere from AM radio or uh, shortwave radio all the way to uh, network traffic over uh, Wi-Fi or Bluetooth traffic in my area. What's, it, what's this called, called again? RTL-SDR. RT, R, uh, RTL-STR. DR. DR. Okay. Yeah. Let so let's that. say uh, it says 500 kilohertz to 24 megahertz with direct sampling. And then failing due to heat at 1.2 gigahertz. Uh, 25 megahertz low pass filter. I mean, it's just... It's just cool. When you start messing around with this thing and seeing signals around your neighborhood or uh, unlocking your car with your key fob and recording it and playing it back, uh, you know, stuff like that. Like, one of the things a lot of people do is uh, take these simple home automation things that use RF and uh, create scripts that play RF signals back over the air through the computer Mm -hmm. so you can record and then play back a signal. And as long as, as long as it's not, you know, encrypted or, or, or authenticated in some way, it'll work. Interesting. So stuff like garage door receivers, I can pick up on all the garage door receivers in my neighborhood and then play them back anytime I want to. I'm sure your neighbors are so happy to hear that. Well, you know, uh, is this? Did you buy this off of Amazon? Or what did you buy exactly? I see this RTL SDR thing is a whole like genre of stuff. Yeah. So um, the one I bought is the RTL SDR V3 uh, kit, thirty dollars, and it comes with two sets of dipole antennas, a suction cup mount, a tripod mount, the SDR uh, USB thingy. Is this on? Like, is this on Amazon? Where, where am I going to find this? 
Yeah, the first one, Amazon's Choice, when you look at oh, okay. RTL-SDR. looking it up right now. Real time. There we go. Oh, I see it right here. So, like, the, the uh, like 30 bucks thing? Yep. Wow, look at all this stuff. Yeah, and all the software for it is out there and, and freely available. And uh, you just get some you get some crazy stuff out of it. Man, this reminds me of war driving. Is it, is it kind of it's, like that? It's very similar. So uh, th- this all started because I found a guy who made a Wi-Fi hacking suitcase out of a Raspberry Pi, RTL SDR, and a battery. And this, this briefcase has all of the penetra- penetration testing stuff you would need. If you have Kali Linux, you have all the software you would need. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots and lots and lots of stuff. Uh, software design, demodulate, AMFM, SSB. Um, just, yeah, a, a lot of crazy stuff. That's cool, man. And the more you play with it, the more you learn how to use it, then the more you're capable of doing. What have you have you done anything fun with it yet? Uh, you know, I've just scanned through the Air Force signal range and listened to uh, the local Air Force base make call-outs and stuff to the airport that's around here. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you can pick up uh, all sorts of police and fire radio signals. Um, it, this it doesn't do trunking, which is something that you need separate hardware for. It's mm-hmm. very specific to police and fire departments. But uh, if there's an open band, then you can use that. And that just generally learning how RF stuff works, learning that FM signals are on a 2,000 hertz or a 200,000 hertz wavelength. So you, you have to capture not just the signal, but the whole width of the signal. Mm-hmm. Um, short wave is like 10 hertz total length. So you have to have a very narrow band when you're searching for stuff on that. And just, I mean, it's something to learn and play with and have fun with. Um, but it's, it's pretty crazy. Cool. Uh, one of the things I want to get set up and they just they just updated the software package for it, is that there are a couple satellites that were launched uh, a few years ago that send the satellite imaging data back to terrestrial Earth in unencrypted uh, RF signals. So you can just, say, run the program and start picking up raw satellite image feeds from these weather satellites. Hmm. Nothing too practical, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but uh, definitely a fun new little hobby to have. Fun stuff. Fun stuff. And for cheap. Sure. I mean, 30, 30 bucks. Yeah. All right. Where are we at in time? I feel like we've been talking forever and a day. Um, wow, I have, I have one hour. last thing. Good. What do you got? We've talked. We've talked about Microsoft's 
recent slate of acquisitions. Are they buying up Ubuntu yet? Not yet, but they they bought something very surprising today. Uh, I'm not sure if you've heard of him, but the streamer Ninja. <gasps> I heard about this. I thought that was fake. Yeah. Go ahead. The streamer, the streamer Ninja, who is who is currently the world's most famous uh, streamer, uh, video game streamer is now streaming exclusively on Mixer, which is the Microsoft-branded Twitch. And, and is that even released yet? I, 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 I'm not even sure what a Mixer is. Should we be streaming on Mixer? Is that, is that where we need to go? It looks like we might have to. I mean, they've, they're, they're buying talent. Oh, well, there you go. I mean, they can buy us for cheap. Has, has very, anybody know that? <laughs> we have a Patreon. Exactly. Yeah, we do. We have a Patreon here. Microsoft contribute. We'll create a level specifically for you, uh, Microsoft, and we'll add you to our list of fantastic Patreon the, supporters. The Thirty dollar level. Yeah. Um, um, there's rumors that this that this contract extends into the area of a hundred million dollars a year. Oh, I, I, I mean, if you know how much Ninja is making, just just grinding it himself on uh, Twitch, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, yeah, yeah, it's pretty. I mean, he he had said it at some point that he wouldn't even come to the table for less than a hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. There you go. So there you go. We yeah, will go for Microsoft. significantly less than that. You need a strong PHP podcast on your on your slate. So uh, you know, give me a call. Let me know. We'll uh, we'll uh, we'll talk. That's something like people people are coming up to me like so um you know what what are your numbers like uh, on the podcast? I'm like <laughs> I, don't know. I just looked that up for the first time today in a long time. I, I looked it up today as well because I knew I was going to talk about it. I'm like, I, I should look at that and see where we're at. <laughs> it's it's all right. I mean, it's, it's it's pretty good. We've got 400 people per episode. I I don't I don't think you're reading that right. It, I think we only have like a hundred unique downloads, is what it says. Matter of fact, here, here, we'll pull it up. I'll, I'll pull it up. We'll pull it up live. Let's look at this live. If you're, if you're watching the stream, this is why you watch the stream. If you're not watching the stream, uh, this is why you should watch the stream. Um, well, we're getting thirty-five ish. Simplecast.com, and we'll just pop over there real quick, and we'll let everybody take a look. First thing, this new interface. I'm with you now. I'm, I'm not, not digging the yeah, new interface. Total garbage. Yeah. The uh, the audience button, which does the analytics, is now a paid service. You have to pay extra for it. Yeah, yeah. Is that bullshit or yep. what, man? That's bullshit. So, uh, so here we are. PHP Ugly. Uh, it's coming up uh, on the stream. If you're curious, um, so we have almost fifty thousand all-time downloads. Uh, somewhere, I'm telling you, somewhere here, I saw unique. I saw a unique We've got downloads. unique listeners the last seven days. We've got 79 in the last seven days, but we didn't publish for two weeks. Right. 
if you look at our numbers on a on a per episode basis, we're at about 400 per episode. Oh, this is surprising. Man, I, I've got to come in here more often. The Longhorn Peace Summit is our number one show, uh, which is interesting. I, I, I wonder what we talked about in that show. That was episode 103. That's an old one. That's crazy. Uh, that was when we were you guys were planning Wave, and we announced it. And you discussed uh, being at Longhorn PHP and working as assistants there and getting fired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, that's crazy. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know, Thomas. I, I feel like I, I feel like I came in here somewhere and said, "Oh, okay. Well, that must mean that we only have about a hundred unique listeners." Um, but I, I honestly couldn't tell you where I saw that at. But yeah, in general, these are all pretty small numbers. I mean, the reality of it is, this, this, these are of all the podcasts out here. I mean, we're we're pretty pretty low. Uh, as far as oh yeah, you go unique visitors last seven. Oh, you're right. It does say last seven days, and we haven't published in the last two weeks. So that's that's fair. That's actually I mean, a that's, fair. That's assessment. pretty good for not having published in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have to pop in here more frequently because this was a common question. A lot of people had this question, and uh, I just I didn't have an answer because we we really don't care that much about the numbers, and it really don't doesn't mean a whole lot to us. Uh, right. It's interesting. This map's not coming up. This is this is my favorite part. So look at this map. I wonder why that's not coming up. <clears throat> well, that that was interesting too because you mentioned a listener in Australia, and I pulled up the map, and we have no listeners in Australia. Oh, I know we have one for sure. I, I know I know we got one person down there listening. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think we have a not couple this week. Let's see, last three weeks. There we go. Apparently, yeah. Apparently, we're not. Uh, there we go. What a Melbourne listener, two Brisbane listeners, <laughs> a Dunwich Hill listener. Yeah, we need to buy them, buy them all a drink. Uh, I mean, we can't. That's. I mean, it's it's, it's well within our budget, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know why this map is isn't uh, isn't generating for me. That's uh, frustrating. Oh uh, well. Yep, 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 yep. So this is uh, for all those who were interested. This is what the analytics, and, and these are very basic analytics. Uh, I honestly don't know how these analytics tie into iTunes or Spotify. So I, I can't be <coughs> sure how, if these are good, if these aren't good, or if they're accounting for all of our streams. But but this is this again. It's not something we are overly concerned about so we we really don't don't keep that close of an eye on it but i'm sure get, don't don't get eric wrong we do care about the fans listeners we have but listeners we're, we're we don't just, have fans we have listeners and yes i absolutely love driven. talking to the listeners man but yes that's well uh, i will call you fans when i meet you don't you don't think that's weird you can't call them fans would you want to be called I, a fan I would call my wife a listener, like because she hears me. Yeah, but she doesn't necessarily subscribe to my feed. <laughs> That's that is probably one of the best points you've made. 
that's a very valid argument. <laughs> I mean, like you were you were getting you were getting freaked out the other week because you found out that your wife was a fan. Oh right, yeah. And that was and that was crossing that was crossing an emotional boundary from listener to fan. That's true. That that that's very true. That was a different. Uh, that's that's. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I feel. I, I guess I I feel weird about it. I I don't. I guess I don't know. I I, I don't know. I I just call people listeners, but yeah. Oh man, well, my ego is much larger than yours. <laughs> Well, if, it, if it's that big, you should go to some of these conferences, man. I mean, people will just come up to you and shake your hand and want to take pictures with you. It's it's awesome. Well, the problem with a big ego is how fragile it is. <laughs> it's like an overfilled balloon. <laughs> oh, all right. All right. Anything else to talk about? I'm looking at my nose. We talked about it all. We talked about Simver. We talked about Vapor. Oh, one, one interesting side note from Laracon. If for those of you that are interested in this sort of thing, because, you know, I noticed this, and not many people would notice it. Typically, when you go to Laracon, all the coding demos or any sort of coding demo is sublime. Like, Laravel is a heavy, sublime using community. This year, I think it was pretty evenly broken out between Sublime, which still makes a presence, PHP Storm, which was there in quite a few presentations, and um, VS Code was actually heavily uh, utilized really? as well, including a Adam Webin, uh did his whole talk, um, if I'm not mistaken, he was using VS Code. So yeah, we had a, we had a nice little representation of different uh, different code editors this year as well it was a good conference man i'm telling you i uh, i don't know what he's going to do next year that, that was again one of the things we talked about I'm like how what's next year's plan he's like yeah we'll figure it out <laughs> they keep growing i thought for sure and and this is the weird thing about it laravel us is not the only laravel conference by far. I mean, they have Laracon EU, Laracon AU, which are like the other two big ones. There, There's a Laracon in India. I believe there was a Laracon... Online. Laracon Online. I believe there's a Laracon England this year. One specifically for England, I want to say. I could be wrong on that. But there are... There are Laracons. There are Laracons all over the place now. And... Laracon US is still, still pulling in, you know, 900 people in New York City. This is not a cheap conference. I mean, the conference itself is not expensive, but to to go to New York City, to get a hotel room in New York City, that that is not cheap. His logistics that he, he, he needs to work out is just going to be challenging. Unfortunately, it sounds like he might have a designated conference organizer now. Uh, so, yeah, that'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens. He he teased me. I, I think he was I think he was fucking with me a little bit, but he teased me a little bit. He goes, I don't know, maybe it'll be in, maybe it'll be in L.A. I'm like, come on! Don't, don't, don't say that to me. You know I'm going to repeat it. Don't Don't say that. 
But uh, oh. I don't know. I don't know where it's going to be. Um, it was funny because we were we were both reminiscing of the Louisville days. I mean, Louisville was like he he. he Taylor said that he really wants to recapture Louisville in the sense that you know everybody there's a conference hotel and there's you know the 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 conference itself isn't that far from the hotel because like like i said with the with the playstation and the 900 people trying to hang out after each day and have a you know have a drink was crazy i mean it just couldn't be done yeah. whereas before you know everybody would go everybody might sneak up to their room if they need to during the day but you know, at the end of the day, everybody went back to the conference hotel, and you know, if you were spent, you went to your room. Otherwise, you hung out the at the hotel bar or in the lobby, and there was plenty of places to run into people and have conversations and talk to them. And you know, he's like, he really wants to recapture that feeling. So it's it's cool that he's thinking about that because you know, you kind of that hasn't happened since Louisville. Um, yeah. So hopefully he can do that, but I logistically I don't know what that looks like. I, I don't unless you finally break down and you start doing like a Vegas thing. You know, there's there aren't too many places that can handle you know nine hundred a thousand people and then everybody be in a ho- in a hotel at the same time. It's just it's just that's just a lot of bodies to try to manage. <laughs> Well, and those venues are going to start getting real pricey. Exactly right. That's the other. That's the other point. Yeah, it's like when you start looking. When you start looking at that level, you know, it's like going. It's like going to enterprise software, man. That, those prices jump very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> One more jab. One more jab. All right, all right, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Clearly, Eric is done with this episode. <laughs> that's going to be it for tonight this has been episode 150 what did we say 9 159 159 php ugly my friend and we seem to get uglier and uglier as the weeks go on and i would not want to do it with anybody else but you thomas oh, i have thanks. been very your host eric van johnson i'm tom right out Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly and thanks to our sponsors, the Diego Dev Group. If you're looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then reach out to the Diego Dev Group. You can find the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. That's www.diegodev.com. Show notes and RSS feeds can be found at www.phpugly.com. Follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at PHP Ugly or join us in our Discord channel. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or in your favorite podcast listener. A rating of five stars is always appreciated. Until next time, keep it ugly.